The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Redshirt King Wassenaar, I'm a writer at Unicorn.com, and welcome to day two of our NALCS Team by Team Preview podcast series. We have an exciting team to talk about today. I think that obviously we had to start with the Kings of North America, the champions yesterday in Team Solo Mid, but now it is only fitting that we talk about the strongest contender to the throne, a team that took TSM to five games and the North American LCS playoffs. And I can only think of one person who I am both excited and dreading to hear talk about this team, Cloud9, Walter Ciedis Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, buddy? I mean, I'm doing fantastic. It's almost like my prediction last spring came absolutely true and that everything I said pretty much happened. Cloud9, um... I don't think you can argue necessarily that anyone improved in a dramatic fashion. And at the end of the day, it came down to to their jungler and how quickly contracts could adapt to playing at the LCS level. And he came out and he was he was, you know, you know, fist blazing and he was knocking out and they were doing great. And then as the season wore on, he started to run into that rookie wall. And when that happened, the success of the team started to falter a little bit. This is still a good team. And I think that was the thing in the spring that I I didn't convey well enough is this is a good team. I respect this team. This team is the second best franchise in North American LCS history. They were the first team in North America to really challenge TSM and say, no, 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 no. You don't get to just reign over here supreme like. Like, you actually have to occasionally fight for a title. And it took TSM a while before they were like, okay, like, now we deserve a title. But at the end of the day, everything that I said about Cloud9 came true. I don't think that Impact or Jensen or Sneaky have another level they can go to. I think we've hit their peak. And and nothing, as much as I want to say, and I argue that Darshan, it wasn't his fault that CLG lost that, that best of five series, that that one play did not determine the outcome of the entire series. I will agree that Jensen missed, not hitting his R at the end of that uh, dragon fight in, uh, in game five, that did not, that was not the reason that they lost the entire series. They had opportunity to win. But... Jensen needs to reach Bjergsen's level, and I just don't think he is capable of doing that. And that is one of those instances that you could use as an example to say, 
Jensen's not there. He's not even with Bjergsen yet. And as long as TSM have Bjergsen, they have an advantage. Yeah, and I think that's something that, you know, it's hard for Cloud9 fans to understand because if you're, you know, it basically says like, oh, wait, but Jensen's really good, right? Like, you're, he's clearly the second best mid laner. I think the gap between him and third was pretty substantial, this split. I, I think that he is one of the best pure laning mid laners that we've seen in a while. Uh, and, and he is surrounded by a lot of talent. Obviously, just going through the roster real quick, Ray and Impact in the top lane, switching back and forth. Contracts in the jungle, Jensen mid, sneaky AD carry, smoothie support. He's surrounded by a lot of guys that he can trust to farm up in that early game and get to the point where they can make those mid-game team fights. In a lot of ways, it's a very similar strategy to what TSM likes to do in terms of when they like to go for their peak, when they like to make those big moments. It's what made their back-and-forth series such an interesting one to watch. Mm -hmm. But there are problems with this team that held them back. And I think... The conversation there has to start with Jensen. Jensen as a player who is incredibly talented mechanically, but it seems like we're starting to see strategic limits because of his play style. Walter, when you watch Jensen, what do you think we need to be looking for with this team? What do you want to see from him if they're going to take a step forward this split? I, I need to see consistency. Which is weird when I say I think he's improved and he's almost and he's pretty much at his peak and that would in, you know imply there's consistency, but I, I can't I can't knock him like I do other mid laners. I, I am of this mindset that your mid laner is your point god your point guard. Everything goes through him. He's got to be your playmaker. He's got to make plays. And, and Jensen does. Um, you know even even when people look at that the Syndra game I think it was in game four. Um, where they're like oh look at the Bjergsen's getting styled on by by Jensen here like. Jensen wasn't getting all the kills. It was mostly assists. The kills were going to contracts and were going to, uh, I think it was impact in the top lane on Shen. But it was the setup. It was hitting the Syndra stun, setting up the Shen taunt, and then the Graves just out massive output of damage. Like, he is a playmaker. He knows when to get aggressive. He can play roaming assassins and go around. He's smart enough to, the very first game of the season, the moment that I think broke Sven Skarin's brain, Playing Fizz in game one and going, I know Svenskeren and, and Bjergsen are just going to try and cap me and kill me, so I'm going to play a champion you can't do that on. Like, <laughs> he's a very smart and intelligent player, but the problem is he's just not stringing all of it together 100% of the time or 98% of the time, like someone like Bjergsen. Like, Bjergsen and Faker, we've seen this year, have, made some mo have had some games and had some moments where we're like, ugh. That doesn't look like Faker. I think Faker, we're looking at MSI that's been going on you know, this past weekend. MSI, when GA played Lucian against him in the in the group stage of the main event. You know, that's not a Faker game. That We look at that, that's not Faker on the Rift. You wouldn't say that was a Faker game. We've had moments with Bjergsen, obviously, getting kind of camped there uh, by the jungler and uh, top laner of Cloud9 during the finals. I, again, in that game four. Um but Jensen just has more of those moments. He has way more of those moments where it's just like, I, I don't know what you're doing. More of those, oh, you forgot to hit R. Oh, you know, oh, you should have pushed up your tower. Like, you're not going to win anything off of trying to roam bottom after they already killed your bot lane and your support. Just try and take tower. He still feels like a young player, and he's been around for two years. 
Like, it just feels like he hasn't shaken that sort of greenness off of him. And that and that's what I want. If he really is going to ascend to Bjergsen's level, he needs to assert himself and become that veteran, that stabling presence that Bjergsen is, that a faker is, uh, that Dade or Pawn used to be, that, that kind of thing. And he just still feels like a rookie to me somehow. Well, and I think a lot of that comes down to versatility over anything else. The thing about Sneaky is he has one play style in which he is eminently comfortable. And that is, I play in the mid lane and I stick to the mid lane for 10 to 20 minutes and farm it out. Yeah, you mean because, Jensen. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just Jensen's thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that he does incredibly well in that regard. And unfortunately, I think when the compositions call for something different, we haven't necessarily seen that from him. I, I don't think, you know, we, we talk so much about you know, him being this land dominant guy and, and you're like, oh yeah, they don't roam and that's fine. You know, that's always the answer you hear from Cloud9 Phase. He doesn't need to roam. We built a system around him not roaming. Yeah, but you built a predictable system then, right? Yeah. Like this is a system that now the enemy team knows what you're not going to do, which is not really where you want to be uh, when, when you ha are trying to build out, especially the early game. You really want to have this aspect of, oh, well, we have multiple different ways we can play this out. It really kind of feels like they have the, this, one way they like to play this. This out. is a system where I look at it, basketball reference. I, I don't think Cloud9 are actually the Denver Nuggets, but I look at like the Denver Nuggets. And after the Mellow trade, they got Danilo Gallinari, they got Wilson Chandler, they got a whole bunch of these pieces. And the knock on them was always, all right, but you're down by two, or you're down by one, and you need someone to, to, to make a play. You got 10 seconds on the clock, who wins you the game? And you look at that team and you go, I don't, I don't know who's the guy... And on Cloud9, that's my problem. Who's the guy to make a play? You could be a playmaker. Jensen's a playmaker. But who's the guy when you desperately need that Oriana Shockwave to hit? You desperately need that pickoff. Who is the guy on this team where you're like, yup, if, if Cloud9 needs someone to do something, it's going to be this guy here. I want to say it's Impact. But even Impact, that's it's not this like... It's not like, oh, it, it's, you know, this really, really great mechanical play. It's usually just like he's just wearing down the enemy top laner and forces them to back, and then he's able to utilize, you know, double TP or a TP or, you know, something like that. Like, that's a more cerebral approach to it, and it's more, it takes longer to set up. I'm talking about who's that guy in that instant split second that you need to just have a mechanical play that wins you a fight, that gets you an objective, that does something crazy, that then gets you either back into or takes you on to win the game. I don't see anybody on Cloud9 doing that. It's not Smoothie. Smoothie's not the Kiwi Kid type of support where he's like instant engage. It's not I, I, Sneaky. It, it's Jensen. 70.4% kill participation last season. That's incredibly solid for the course of a whole season as a mid laner. The guy was the center of every big play that they made, and they did have a 5.4 KDA. He did have a 5.4 KDA. You know, I, I think the guy was clearly, more often than not, pulling the trigger, and more often than not, they won, except when it came to TSM. And I think that that's unfortunately where all these hurdles have to come back to. You can say, like, oh, who's going to pull the trigger? Well, against TSM, if Jensen's the guy pulling the trigger, well, you're going up against Bjergsen, who also pulls a lot of triggers. So it has to be someone else on top of Jensen. And I think that comes to one of the more interesting things we're going to have to watch over the course of the season, Ray. Is this a thing? Because are we going to start transitioning to him in the top one? It should be. He's a playmaker, right? Like, that could be the guy you're looking for as a secondary engage tool. I'm talking about you need somebody to make a play. That's right. 
that's the guy on this team that it actually is. You just didn't see enough of him over the regular season. And I think this is the transition. I think that the the spring was getting his feet wet, was getting him a lot of scrim practice. The fact that they went back-to-back, you know, were, were constantly changing in the finals tells me that Cloud9 has a lot of faith in Ray, that they're ready to move on to him, that he's a solid player, that this is this is probably Impact's last ride. This is they're going to use Impact as, as the, you know, the saving presence, let him go out, and he's probably going to retire after Worlds. And then this sets them up with a really strong core. But at the same time, Ray... When he has bad games, he has some pretty bad games, and he's going to be up against some really good top laners in North America. So it's it'll be interesting to see his development. And if he's not developing in quite the way they need, and if Contracts is lagging a little behind on the development, do you try and find a playmaking AD carry? Do you try and find the next big thing as an AD carry? Because I know Sneaky is as identifiable to this brand as anyone. But we really want to talk about out a guy who has reached his peak, who isn't improving, who is stagnated. He's still a really good AD carry, but if you change all these other pieces and Jensen's not getting it done versus Bjergsen, well, then you have Sneaky versus Double Lift. Is that maybe the position you want to go to? Like, they're, they're just places on this team where it's like, I need more improvement. And if the younger guys, if Contracts and Ray aren't improving fast enough, do I need to get another lottery ticket here of somebody that might improve and become the best AD carrier, the best mid laner in North America against one of those two guys. It's a possibility. And I think it's something that cloud nine fans need to start thinking about. Do I think there's a surefire? Oh, go get him. And he's instantly going to be better than double lift in the split. No, but at some point you got to start rolling the dice. Yeah, well, you do that after the 2017 season, to be fair. Well, that, that's what I, I'm, not saying, entire... I'm not saying right now do it, but I'm saying at the end of this split, if you guys are second place again, you go to Worlds and you flame out at Worlds again, I don't think Sneaky and Jensen are off the table of possibly replacing. I think Jensen should be off the table of possibly replacing. Sneaky could go to retire and become an analyst, and that would be fine, or his full-time streamer, more yeah, like streamer, streamer. But... I can't see him doing anything realistic. But... Look, let's let's be fair. Like Cloud9 still has an entire season before they have to really approach that issue. I, I think that, you know, overall you look at a guy like Ray, and what I notice is in ten regular season games he played nine different champions. Yeah. And then he played four playoff games and added two more to that list. Yeah. He plays a lot of stuff, and that doesn't mean all of it's good. He's had some death some pretty high death counts in, in some games that have held him back. But there is a a champion pool that is clearly deep, you know, at least has the breadth there. I, I'm very curious to see how that all comes together. I think this season there's a very good chance that that comes together, especially if Cloud9 sets him up to be successful. So ultimately, Walter, how successful do you believe this Cloud9 team ends up being this split? I think they're fighting for first first again with, with TSM. I think these are our finalists. I think, I think Cloud9 might get it, though. I think that the jo- I think that Svenskeri has deteriorated enough where he doesn't improve, and the changes and the fixes that I said might happen on the TSM podcast don't happen. I think Contracts is a really good jungler. Uh, I am a little worried about him if it does switch to a more tank centric, um, you know, jungle pool. If we're going to like Zach and Sejuani and things like that, I do worry about that because that's so counter to what his play style is. But that's also pretty counter to what Svenskeri is good at. Um, so at the end of the day, I think this is one of the top two teams. I think they're going to Worlds as well. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone beat Cloud9 in the semifinals. 
I would not be surprised if one of these other teams that have been making some changes and making some improvements wouldn't be surprised if they knock Cloud9 off in the finals. I think out of the two, it's more likely that Cloud9 gets knocked off versus TSM. Because I think TSM has more playmakers on their team than Cloud9. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think... proven playmakers. I think all of that is fair. I have Cloud9 as my, my two seed here. I think they finished second. I think that all of the things that I liked about Cloud9 last split are still going to be very much in play. I think that Contracts is only likely to improve from here. And I think that Ray has a lot of potential. When Ray is good, he's really good. Yes, he is. Um, it's just a matter of learning to kind of stifle some of the uh, instincts that maybe get him caught out way too much and kind of can give the enemy team an easy snowball opportunity. But I think overall this team is trending in the right direction. I think that at some point they're going to have to look at their situation and realize that there are a lot of similarities to CLG before they made their move this summer, where running it back is going to keep you relevant. But what is your goal? Is it ultimately just to be you know, relevant or is it to be the best? And I think that Cloud9, this is the split where we will find out definitively if these five guys can win a North American split. And if they can't, then that's something Cloud9 will have to ask themselves about in the summer. But you know what? Absolutely. We have so many fun games to watch with them before they have to worry about any of that. And we have so many fun teams to talk about on this preview. Uh, Walter, where can the nice people at home find you if they want to talk to you about anything we discussed today? I mean, I'm, I can't wait for all the wonderful comments that the Cloud9 fans are going to leave. My opinions haven't changed all that much, except this time I did say, I think you guys are a good team. So, I mean, there's that. You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Awesome. I'm at RedshirtKing. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this preview. We've done two of them so far, one for TSM and one for Cloud9 here. And, of course, we did two of them over in Europe where we've talked about G2 and Unicorns of Love. That's right. We got the finalists out of the way. So now we get to start talking about some interesting teams. And I am very interested to see what you think about our next team that we're talking about because they made a move that I don't think anyone was expecting heading into this offseason. But until then, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.